Well, I am so thankful that you have decided to join us today, wherever and whenever you're watching or listening. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here at Hilton Island Community Church as we begin a brand new series called Life Hacks, a study in the book of Proverbs. And I just want to say thank you for joining us and also Happy New Year coming up. Uh, I hope you've had a good holiday season. We all love life hacks. Life hacks are something that people talk about all the time. We see it online. We see it on social media. We, we may get an email about a life hack, and, and there are some really great things and little tips and tricks that are really amazing to help us in life. Kind of a, a, a clever tip for maybe familiarizing a task or doing something that might be hard. That's what life hacks are really all about. Some of my favorite ones that I've seen over the past, uh, I don't know, a few months or so, uh, a handy way to charge your phone if you're uh, on vacation or if you're traveling at a hotel. Uh, I didn't know about this, but uh, the TV in the hotel, there's usually a USB port on the back of it. So if your phone is dead and you're traveling, just a little tip there, all right, a little life hack for you. Also, a plug, the end of a plug. You know how it's so annoying sometimes when the, when the plug gets kind of pulled apart because you pull it out from, from the end and uh, for, you know, th these things get pulled out sometimes and a little life hack, you just simply push the two plugs together and they will go bend back in place so that you can actually plug it in and you can use it. And then also, I love the uh, gem clip. I, I can't stand cords that are all over the place, even though I probably have cords that are all over the place in the house and in my office and that sort of thing, but a little gem clip. See, you use a little gem clip right there, just can be clipped on it. Keeps it all nice and neat for those of you who like stuff like that. I love that. How about to peel a boiled egg? You like boiled eggs? I do. I like boiled eggs. To peel a boiled egg, next time that you boil it, uh, just put a teaspoon of baking soda in, and I'm told, I've never done this one, but I'm told that the eggshell comes off a lot easier if you do that. Life hacks. So many of them have to do with the normal course of our lives and how we live them. And they're really meant to make the complicated things simple. Another one that I love is with that coffee that you've brewed and maybe it's, you know, an hour old or something and you want iced coffee the next day and you don't want the, the regular ice to melt and make your iced coffee all watered down, you can pour into ice cube trays that coffee, stick it in the freezer. You have great ice for your iced coffee the next day, all right? You guys can use that one. That was a freebie. We're going to be talking over the next five weeks or so about wisdom. And I realize that God's wisdom from his word, it's more than just clever tips for living. But I think if we understand the wisdom that God gives us, if we truly understand what God's intent is for the wisdom that he gives us, I think that we we'll see that God's intent for us as we receive that wisdom is for it to be useful in everyday living. We don't need to try to make it more complicated than it is. We just need to be people who hear the instruction that God has given us and read it and understand it and do everything we can to put it into practice. Theologian J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, says, wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and the highest goal, together with the surest meaning, uh, uh, means of attaining it. Biblical wisdom is not just knowledge. 
That may be something that um, you grew up thinking or maybe you've heard that wisdom and knowledge are synonymous and for sure the Bible talks about wisdom and knowledge in the same breath. But wisdom is not simply just knowledge. Wisdom is more than just knowledge. Wisdom is more than just knowledge, but it's the understanding and the skill that goes along with knowledge for life. In fact, I love it because the Hebrew word for wisdom in the Old Testament literally means skilled and applied knowledge. So when the Proverbs was written and when the Bible was written and when King Solomon and others, as we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes, as they were writing, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, as they were writing these wisdom books for us, the word that they used for wisdom literally had been used in that day and age to describe tradespeople and the trades that they would have gone to school to learn and experience and put into practice so that they could have a family and so that they could build a home and so that they could provide food for their family. And I say all that for you to understand that the word for wisdom is something that is very practical in our lives. Some of you may, um, you know, have come from church and you may have come from a, a, a home where the Bible was instilled in you and you know a lot about the Bible. And, and some of you may not. And sometimes there's this perspective about God's word that it's old and that it might be a little bit boring and it might be a little bit outdated. And I want you to hear right up front, as, as you're going to hear over these next few weeks as we take a look at Proverbs and study some of these chapters from the book of Proverbs, that God's word is not boring. It is not unintentional. It is applicable and practical for everyday living. Because God loves you, and he wants you to live your life to its fullest. We've got to be open and willing, though, to receive the words from God's word for everyday living. And we're going to be taking a look at this book called Proverbs, which is an amazing book. And so we're going to be turning to that, that book in God's word that gives us plenty of wisdom, written by a man whose life was marked by wisdom. And today, we're going to be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 1. In fact, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to be there in just a few minutes. But I want to give you an overview of who wrote this book. This is a book that was really a collection of wisdom and a collection of life hacks, if you will, over the course of centuries. And it was written mainly by King Solomon, who was the third king of the united Israel. We'll talk more about him in a moment. It was also written by different people, different um, people of, of wisdom who would write uh, and, and record the wisdom that they felt like they had, and Solomon collected those things. One of their names is Augur, and one of their names is Lemuel, and many, many others that he collected. But most of what we're going to be reading and most of what we're going to be studying was written by Solomon himself. It was written early in his reign, probably around the 10th uh, century, uh, under the peace and prosperity of the United Kingdom of Israel. It was written during a time, or it was collected during a time, where things were peaceful.
peaceful. It comes into the category in the Bible of poetry, and specifically uh, it's aligned with Psalms and Ecclesiastes, Job, and Song of Solomon. And the book itself, and I'm going to encourage you to join us in reading it for the month of January, the book itself is kind of split up. And there's different ways that you can look at it, but I love this. It's split up into three different parts. Wisdom for Young People, chapters 1 through 9. Wisdom for leaders in general in chapters 10 through 24, and then uh, uh, wisdom for leaders specifically in chapters 25 through 31. I love how that's broken up. I want to encourage you to read this whole book one chapter a day, because the really cool thing about Proverbs is it has 31 chapters. And so in January, we as a church are going to join together, and we're going to be reading the book of Proverbs one a day starting on January 1st, and I hope that you'll join in and take January to read the book of Proverbs. There are 40, over 40 mentions of the word wisdom in Proverbs. And Solomon was a man who was known for his wisdom. He was the son of King David. He became the, really the unintended, well, God intended it, successor to the throne, even though David had other sons that were supposed to be the successors. And that's a whole message in itself and, uh, for another time. But God chose Solomon to be that king, the third king of Israel. And he was in the line of succession. But when he became the king of Israel, I want you to hear this. Because this is going to tell us something about God's wisdom. He was 12 years old. 12 years old. He was 12 years old when he became the king of Israel. And wisdom is at the centerpiece of Solomon's life, his reign, his influence, and his success, and his failure even. And I'll talk about that in a moment as king. And I want us to begin in Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 today as we take a look at this life of this man who wrote this book. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear, I want to repeat that again, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands, obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And I want you to look at verse eight. He says this: "Hear my son, your father's instruction." And forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland around your head and pendants around your neck. This is the beginning of Solomon's instruction. And wisdom here in, in the book of Proverbs is something that comes down from either a teacher or a mother or a father. And as you're going to learn, wisdom is personified in many different ways. You'll learn that throughout this series. But I want to go back and I want to take a look for a moment at Solomon's life and find out where did this like, desire for wisdom come from? Where did the desire for wisdom come from? Now, Solomon, believe it or not, at age 12, he was not the youngest king to uh, take the throne of Israel. He was not the youngest king to take the throne of Israel. But at 12 years old, 
becoming the king of a nation was probably overwhelming. I think it probably would have been for somebody who was 12 or somebody who was 32 or even 72. And Solomon, as he ascended the throne, he began this search for wisdom. And I think before we dive into the detail of many of these chapters we're going to look at over these next few weeks, and as you read Proverbs, I want us to understand the one who brought this together, who collected these wise sayings, who was the author of many of these wise sayings. Because I think it really will help us understand the Proverbs that we look at. In his search for wisdom... There were a few things that happened to Solomon. First and foremost, we see it in 1 Kings chapter 3. That Solomon, as he is ascending the throne, understood that he needed wisdom. There was a need for wisdom. In his search for wisdom, Solomon humbly recognized that he needed wisdom. Now that's something that I don't think is really common today. I think that we are so wise and we call it conventional wisdom, the wisdom of today's day and age, and we receive wisdom from so many different sources. And I think that our day and age has kind of, our culture has kind of conditioned us to think that we don't need wisdom. But Solomon at 12 years old recognized right out of the gates that as he was ascending the throne of Israel that he needed wisdom. 1 Kings 3, 7 and 8. And now... O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place, in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or to come in. And as your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. I want you to think for a moment about this 12-year-old ascending the throne. Now, for some of you, this is about the time that your spiritual life may be ignited in one way or another to certain degrees or another. In fact, all the studies tell us that, and our our church understands this, that um, our our kids under the age of 18 are going to be more sensitive and more ready to engage spiritually. And I know this was about the time that I started understanding some of the things that God was doing spiritually. And I think we see a young Solomon definitely overwhelmed that he was the one that was chosen, feeling very unfit for the role of serving as king. But looking at the whole nation of Israel and being overwhelmed that there are so many people that he was leading. He understood that he needed wisdom from God. And I believe that our search for wisdom begins when we recognize our need for it. That may sound overly simple to you. But i got to tell you, so many of us make so many mistakes because we don't think that we need wisdom from God. And nothing could be further from the truth. So we live our lives. We don't need these simple life hacks. They're not going to keep us out of major trouble. It might keep us out of minor trouble if we follow them. But I promise you, in terms of God's wisdom, the decision to choose, to listen, because we understand that we humbly need his wisdom, may be something that takes our life in a whole different direction had we not chosen to listen and to follow 
his instruction. And so in his search for wisdom, we see Solomon humbly recognizing that he needs wisdom. And our search for wisdom begins when we also recognize our need for wisdom. Second thing that he had is not just a need for wisdom and expressing that humble need, but there was this sincere appeal that God would give him wisdom. There was this sincere appeal that God would give him wisdom. We see it in those next verses, 1 Kings, all the way back to 1 Kings 3, 9 through 10. I love this. He says to God, he's crying out to God. He says, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. You see, Solomon not only recognizes his need for wisdom, but he also gives voice to that need. He cries out to God, and he says, I am your humble servant, and I am asking for your wisdom. And I love the end of verse 10 because it says that God was pleased, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. If you want to be someone who God is pleased with, begin by asking for wisdom. Begin by asking for wisdom. And don't just ask for it when you're in crisis. Ask for it ahead of time. Cynthia and I moved here almost 15 years ago to start Hilton Head Island Community Church. And we, uh, we moved here from New York City, and um, man, we just felt like God was leading us here. And we're, we were so excited. We still are excited about all the things that God is doing in our midst and in and through uh, Hilton Head Island Community Church. But I remember those early days, especially in those early days. I remember riding my bike and running around Hilton Head Plantation, trying to figure out all that Hilton Head was and driving around the island. And when we first got here, that was my number one prayer. God, give me wisdom as I lead. Give me wisdom as I lead my family. Give me wisdom as I lead this church. Give me wisdom as I lead these people. And Christ follower, I want you to know that there is some group of people, whether they're at work or in your home, or it might be somebody in your neighborhood, that you need God's wisdom to lead. And see, we will find wisdom when we sincerely ask God for wisdom. We will find wisdom when we sincerely ask God for wisdom. It's okay for every day. In fact, I think it's a great, healthy, spiritual thing for you and I to wake up every day and for, to say, God, allow your Holy Spirit to lead me. May I be filled up with your Holy Spirit and may I find your wisdom in life. Solomon asked for it at the beginning of his reign. And he found it, and God was pleased. But here's the interesting thing, and kind of this is the third moment in Solomon's search for wisdom. And it comes later in his life. It comes much later in his life. Solomon recognized his need for wisdom. He gave voice to that, and he made an appeal to God for wisdom. But after he was done with all of the great things that he did in his reign as king, Solomon began to not follow the wisdom that God had given him. 
And we see this in 1 Kings chapter 11. It's so amazing. If you read 1 Kings and you read chapters 1 all the way through 10, you see these great and mighty things that God does when Solomon is asking God for wisdom, recognizing his need for wisdom, searching it out. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, like so many, so many people, all of a sudden, he just decides to not follow the wisdom that God had given him. 1 Kings chapter 11 This is the life of unutilized wisdom. Wisdom. Verses 6 and 9 through 10 says, Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. And he commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. He had been turned by his wives and these princesses and concubines, and he had many, many of them, and many of them turned his heart away from God, and he started following other small g gods. And the last part of 1 Kings 11, verse 10 says, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded him. See, it's interesting, Solomon's successes in his life can be directly linked to his applying. I want you to hear that. It can be directly linked to him applying the wisdom that God had given him to his life. And Solomon's failures can be directly linked to his lack of applying the wisdom that God had given him in his life. And if our desire, listen, if our desire for pleasure, which we all have, is greater than our desire for righteousness, we will make foolish decisions. It'll be like holding wisdom like it's sand and it just falls through our fingers. If we decide that our desire for pleasure is greater than our desire for righteousness and for wisdom, that's when we are on the road to making foolish decisions. And I don't care what stage of life you're in. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you do for a living. Listen, I want you to hear this. There will be a time, there will be times in your life and in my life when we're faced with choosing righteousness and choosing pleasure over righteousness. We have to apply the wisdom that God has given us to our lives. Lastly, it's kind of the fourth marker. Not only did he realize that he had a need for wisdom, and not only did he ask for wisdom, not only did he have this moment in time after all these great successes when he had wisdom unutilized in his life and it led to disaster, but I love this part of the story of Solomon. He wrote Proverbs in part because there was a legacy of wisdom that his father, David, desired for him to have. Dads and moms, grandparents, don't miss this. Children at whatever age you're at, don't miss this. There was a legacy of wisdom, that, that, uh, and that's why, partly why Solomon had this great desire for wisdom. It was fueled by his father, David. And in 1 Kings, going back to chapter 2, we see it just in verses 1 through 3. David was near the end of his life, and I love this prayer. I love this. Before the inauguration of Solomon, at the end of David's life, King David, here's what he says. When David's time to die drew near, 
he commanded Solomon, his son, saying this. I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies as it is written by the law of Moses, written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. And you see, wisdom can be our legacy when we challenge the next generation to pursue it. Wisdom becomes our legacy, and it can be our legacy when we challenge the next generation to pursue it. That is not a common theme in our culture, in our homes. It's hard for us to get around this pursuit of wisdom when we're pursuing so many things, and I understand that. I get that. Academic pursuits, athletic pursuits, all kind of professional pursuits that we put in front of our kids and, our, and the next generation at whatever age they're at, and we fail, and I do too sometimes, to put wisdom in front of them. But we can be people who pass that legacy down like David did when we challenge the next generation to pursue wisdom. Solomon writes from Proverbs 1, just 7 through 9, a review of what he wrote in chapter 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You're going to see a lot of contrasts over the next few weeks as he writes these words of wisdom, contrasting a pursuit of wisdom and a pursuit of knowledge versus not pursuing that. And he says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching I could pause here and have a whole discussion to our students right now. But it's also for all of us. For they are graceful garland around your head and pendants around your neck. See, when we follow the wisdom of our fathers, when we follow the wisdom of our Father, our God the Father, we are adorned with jewels. We're adorned with something that at that day and age made a statement about who we were. And when we walk in wisdom, we're not making a statement about our character as much as we're making a statement about whose character we follow. And who the one we follow is our God, our Father, the one that leads us in wisdom and in truth. You know, all these life hacks are so interesting, and I gave you about three or four of them, two of them kind of included here, but uh, i got to be honest with you. In our day and age, it's kind of fun to look at these on social media, to share them, to send them to each other, and to laugh about them sometimes. I don't know about you, but most of the time, I look, I laugh, I might learn a few things, but I rarely put this into place in my life. I rarely walk into a hotel room and go, oh man, my, my battery's almost dead. Hey, there's a TV there, I can just plug it into the TV probably. Like, I usually throw the coffee out. Sometimes we forget 
to apply those life hacks to our lives, to our everyday lives. And church, my prayer is is through the series that you and I will be stirred by God's Holy Spirit and by his teaching from his word to apply these words of wisdom from this amazing book to our lives. Because it's only useful if we use it. These words are just words on a page if we don't apply it to our lives. So let's read this year. Let's read this January. Let's start on January 1st and read each day one of these chapters of wisdom. Let's listen to the teaching that God delivers to us that you're going to hear over these next few weeks. But let us apply it to our lives. Let it be useful to our lives as we live our lives. May we remember what God is teaching us. Life hacks. I'm studying the book of Proverbs. I'm so excited about where God is going to lead us over these next few weeks. I hope you will be a part of it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for just what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you for those who are listening, who are watching. And Father, I pray that you would lead us to a place where we listen and we hear and we understand your teaching from Proverbs. And Father, as we take a look at these five Proverbs, beginning with Proverbs chapter 1 and the others that are coming in these following weeks. Father, I pray that we would recognize our need. I pray that we would give voice to that need and that we would appeal to you and ask you. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't do what Solomon did at the end of his life and stray from that wisdom and follow other things. And Father, I pray that we would be people who challenge the next generation to take that wisdom so that it's a legacy for generations to come. We ask for you to lead us and for you to guide us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.